Hey, listen up. Yeah, we here and we locked in. Let's keep it going all the way to the top 10. We fear the turtle, so it's no other option. Fred and Ryan, just watch them. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. What's up, Terps fans? Fred and Ryan back with another edition of the Shell and Tell podcast. It's Tuesday, December 27th. Happy belated Christmas. Hope you all had a great holiday as we are now a couple days away uh, for our Duke's Mayo Bowl trip. The Terps head down to Charlotte. We're going to dive into who's playing, who's not, and how do we see this game shaking out. And by Christmas, I assume you mean early signing day because you know, that's one of the many days I look forward to as a Terps football fan. Um, Loxley had some surprises for us again, and he pissed off some more people. So we'll be talking <laughs> the national signing day drama as usual. Yeah, big boys in their feelings, man. So let, let's start there, man. National signing day, as you said, it's kind of coming past at this point. National Signing Day, I, really, it's a day for fans. It can only be compared to the NFL draft, I think, in a lot of ways, just college style. Some call it National Signing Day. I call it National Salty Day because, like you said, coaches, fans, players, I mean, everybody's extra salty in the reactions and feelings to decisions and what goes on behind the scenes with the decisions. It's a wild fucking ride. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a wild ride. People get their feelings hurt. People get their feelings hurt for good reasons. People get their feelings hurt for no reasons. You know, it's all over the board, and we had a little of both this year. Yeah. Well, class now ranked as a top 25 coming in at 23rd overall by some. I've seen as high as 40s uh, by others. So Ahmed and I, which Ahmed could not be with us today because Ryan is dealing with a bout of COVID, unfortunately. So we've had to postpone this a couple of times. Uh, but scheduling just didn't work talk. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You sound a lot better. We're, than you did a we're days getting ago. better for the bowl game. We're we're we're, we're like eighty five, ninety percent. So we'll be good to go. I think <laughs> we're, we're we're gonna work through it. We're coming. <laughs> we're gonna go. Uh, but Ahmed and I were kind of discussing the the variance in some of these rankings because years ago, man, there, you know, there's all these different ranking systems and. You know how I feel about rankings. I don't really put a whole lot into them, but there really wasn't a whole lot of disparity between them. They were a lot closer. You know, you saw some that was 23 and then maybe one that was 25 or 26, but you're starting to see these big variances. So I was asking him, because I don't think a lot of fans realize like kind of what goes into the fact factoring of these rankings. Some of these rankings, the transfer portal has kind of changed everything. You know, the, the, some of these rankings are only based on the incoming freshman class. And then some of these rankings are based on the incoming freshman class and the incoming transfers that are coming in. And that's where you're seeing, I think, some of these rankings as high as 23, because not only do we have a very, very strong class coming in uh, with these freshmen that we're going to go through here in a minute, uh, but we also got some really good uh, guys coming in on the transfer portal as well. Yeah, top-level corner and some big-time help in the defensive line wide receivers. That's going to definitely bump you up. The last one that I saw had us at 30. Um, I think I was looking for a top 25 class, but, you know, we had two cherries that supposedly are still in play but didn't quite land in that early signing day period. That would have put us right there in that top 25 I was looking for. Yeah. This is why, though, I also don't put, like, putting – 
much stock in commitments anymore. You know, these, these kids, they, they put out their social media posts. Yeah. yeah, But (laughs) like, it's gotten even worse, you know, it's gotten even worse over the, over the years, especially now with NIL and stuff like that. I just, I don't personally invest until the ink is dry on signing day. Like that's when it really matters. Just, just how the process evolved over time. And I think a lot, how a lot of fans feel now committed really doesn't mean much anymore. Yeah, with depending on the different players. So, like, if I see somebody committed and I feel like there's a reason, am I, like, certain it's going to happen? No. Right. Um, but do I get, like, emotionally invested with, like, a local kid that, like, you know, whatever, something like that? But, like, you know, me and you from the beginning with Champ Long, did I want Champ Long to sign with us? Sure. But, like, I kept waiting for that foot to drop. I this over and over again. He went to the Elite 11 and showed off. I'm like, somebody is going to come with a big fucking bag. Well, we're kind of. Like, get out. I, <laughs> we're kind of scorned because we had that happen with the other kid last year. I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head. That uh, was yeah, the one that went to Purdue. Yeah, right. Swan. Exactly. Swan. Swan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, AJ yeah Swan. So I, I yeah, I. So you know, I was I was waiting for that to happen. If he was two inches taller, I think it would have happened. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we've got Talia out there that's doing great things with you know a lack of height in that position already. Um, so you know, we did get that big time quarterback that's some big time things in the recruiting. The other part of these recruiting rankings, it's a mess is some of these you can pay to be ranked on them. So others, I mean, you can't be paid to, I mean, I'm sure you can in reality be paid to be ranked higher, but just pay them to analyze your tape is what it's sold as. Right. Um, And we'll, we'll do our honest ranking after that. Well, okay. (laughs) How much did you pay for that honest ranking guys? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right, well, let's dive into some of these guys and their rankings, because apparently that matters, right? Uh, Let's talk some, we're not going to go through everybody, because I think uh, over the course of the offseason, when we start to to get a little bit more information on some of these guys, and we get a feel for how, what their roles are going to look like with the team, I think we'll dive into each and every one of these as the time goes on. But I wanted to hit on some key pieces, Uh, and we'll start with the big flips. As you mentioned, there were two big flips. Uh, It started with... An NC State flip, uh, kind of ironic. Considering Our first win of the week, first win of the week. Yep, <laughs> a three-star safety in Tamarcus Cooley. Uh, again, a, a position of need. Uh, we had some guys that ended up hitting the portal. Uh, that's going to hurt us from depth perspective. Uh, so it was definitely a position of need, uh, and always good to steal it from an ACC team as well. Yeah, it's great to stick it to the ACC. I hope we beat <laughs> NC State as bad as we beat Virginia Tech last year. Uh, yeah. My goal as a Terp is to never lose another ACC game in football. That'd be great, you know, for the rest of the time. <laughs> um, so I, I'd like to prove that we have improved since our ACC days that way. So this was great um, to see that early flip. It was a good sign that where there was going to be a surprise because yeah. we got a lot of our commitments in early, and the one that we didn't, we had an explanation for pretty much immediately. Right. Um, but but the, the the surprise to happen gave you this anticipation that okay Loxley's got more cooking right. maybe something's going to happen exactly and the next piece that flipped was one of the pieces that created a lot of the drama <laughs> uh, a guy local guy out of outside linebacker defensive end Neo Avery uh, this is a kid that had a lot of hype four star comes in and he could play off the edge, he could play more of in that Sam role where he can play back in coverage as well. This is a kid that excites me a lot for, for the future of the program. 
Yeah, as far as the early signing day period, this was pretty much the big fish. This was we we knew Harbor was not on board for early signing day. He right. from the beginning has said February is it. We are not you know signing early. There's been some talk recently that he's close to a commitment, so we'll see. But like you said, commitment schmitman until <laughs> he signs February fifth is the the game on right <laughs> that's full court press until pen to paper fully so this was the big fish i mean this was the barham of last year yep. um that we got from from south carolina uh to reach back into the sec again to get this Ole Miss flip in fact i, I will uh call it out now i think it was a do you remember who did that article? It was a Testudo Times. I, I won't put Testudo Times name on there. Somebody put out an article about how disappointing this class was and how yeah. um, Loxley was supposed to be able to reach into the SEC and get big flips and that Loxley was supposed to be able to uh, – it was a, a shame that we couldn't keep Caleb Williams here um, in his own backyard. What are you talking about? The big flips are here. They have been every year. You said the SEC. It was exactly that. He got Barham from the SEC last year, yep. and he got Neo Avery from him this year. And what made you think that the the guy that won the Heisman— And he got Rack from LSU two years prior. Yeah. And the guy that won the Heisman, it's a shame we couldn't get him to sign for a five-win team at that point. We were a five-win team. Right. That's what he had to pitch. Exactly. Was, You're the best quarterback in the country. It's amazing we made the top two. Yep. That's it's mind blowing that we stayed in his top two to get go to a five win team, yep. and he was as good as we thought he was. Like he he was the quarterback of the, of the future, and I'm still trying to sell everything in Dynasty to have him on my Dynasty. Team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I get being in your feelings because especially with local kids, you want to keep them all home, but that's just not the reality. That's not where the program was at, but it is where the program is starting to trend. That does not happen overnight. It's year over year. It's what we're seeing in the process, in in the improvement in the program. We're seeing it again. It might not be the big bounds and leaps that we're hope you know some fans hope for, but it's improvement year over year, and it seems to be we're getting more and more of these local kids staying around. Absolutely, and it's never going to be everybody. I mean, Michigan loses people to us that 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 they would want. You know, it's it's not going to be everybody, and here especially when. We really aren't the big show in town. We aren't the branded things. We all know, like, you know, you try to get people to go to the games with you. They don't have never even heard of it. They've never been to a game. They, you know, they're 35, 40 years old, never been to a Terps game. I mean, it's not, that's not a thing in other places. Like, everyone has been to multiple games at all of these colleges, whether you went there or not, because it's the thing to do for the surrounding 300 mile radius. Right. I, so, it's a totally different ball game. We're going to lose kids that want us, you know, see the world and get outside of their bubble. Um, so it just is what it is. I'm, I'm not mad when we lose a few, um, like let's talk about the big tree situation this year. Did I want big tree on this team? Absolutely. I was really happy to see him decommit and to hear that we were back in, in play. But the fact that he went to South Carolina, cool like that's that is what it is I'm, right. I'm not too worried i'm a little interested why south carolina is so fucking mad at us for yeah. wanting to keep our players that are from maryland like why are you if i'm reaching to south carolina and take your people be pissed go for it do you right but what are you mad that we're 
keeping ours. Right. I, I exactly. Just don't get it. What do you expect us to not recruit in our own backyard? Of course, we're going to do everything that we can to yeah. keep those guys here. Like that doesn't make any sense. And that's the thing. Like I just, the, the whole social media stuff, I get it from players because again, they're young and they're just maturing and all that stuff and the back and forth and even the trolling and all that stuff. I hate it, but I understand it. I get it. They're kids. Uh, the fans fan is short for fanatics, right? So I get why the fans get emotionally involved. But when the coaches come out and they say some of the things that they do and, and they tweet some of the things that they tweet, it's just, I just don't understand. It's not a good look for your program. Like I understand I, they're probably doing this to try to make them look cool to these kids and be attractive for them. And I, but I just, I think it's a bad look for the program. Locks has, has personally never done that. Um, and so I just don't understand why, again, like you said, the SEC, the powerhouse of college football, why are you worried about little old Maryland? Like, I don't understand that recruiting in their own backyard. All right. Well, let's flip back to that one. Little old Maryland. Yeah. The Neo Avery recruitment pissed yeah. off Mr. Lane Kiffman, Kiffin, Mr. I'm on a, you know, crip walk in the streets with my recruits, <laughs> Mr. Fucking new team every three years because he's the new fucking Irving Meyer that has a new fucking thing trailing him. So, you know, a new, a new issue that's going to catch up a ghost from the past right. is worried about Maryland. So he, after losing Neo Avery to University of Maryland, Passive aggressively, like a woman, right. <laughs> retweets retweets an old tweet by um, Elijah Brooks, uh, running backs head coach Elijah Brooks. That was the sign of bowl eligible for the Terps. Yep, just like a shot that like we celebrated bowl eligibility. Number right. one, we celebrated bowl eligibility multiple games for the end of the year this year. It wasn't even like I feel like every team would throw that up on the on the sign at, at that some point, point right like, exactly at, yeah it's not even that good of a shot um but then elijah brooks replied back why you worry about little old maryland <laughs> right and, and, and lane kevin shoots back again it was it was like uh I'm very, uh, I'm very happy. Was excited that to learn Coach Locks had, bowl. Yeah. yeah, was excited to learn Coach Locks and qualified for his second bowl game. Hadn't seen that until today. He's one of my favorites, Coach Locks. Heart, heart. <laughs> yeah, uh, so passive aggressive, so whiny. I don't understand how yeah. anyone could respect that response in any way, shape, or form. And yet, I just hear other fan bases trash Locksley like he is the like scum of the earth like I, I just look no everybody's got you know skeletons but my god like don't act like your guy's spot you know spot free and mine's a devil i just don't understand it like, right my man's doing it right now that's all that matters i ain't worried about it he's made good on his past and he's doing well for his city at this moment and doing well for these kids like like loxley always says you know third party validation is what he goes on he doesn't right. worry about you know telling you something i'm gonna have somebody else tell you something about me yep. like that's the best way to know who somebody is exactly. so you know keep keep the stuff going if you want but i i, I think he's, he's doing great jobs in maryland 100 percent, 100 percent. all right let's wrap up on neo avery again uh, a big get a big flip four starred six five 236 pound linebacker uh, like I said, I think he's got the explosive, the quick step. I think Locks even compared him to uh, Yannick, like as far as his type of explosion. Exactly. And, and that's, yeah, and that's kind of 
really one of the areas of need with this team is another edge rusher. You know, you having Barham on one side and having having an Avery on the other side just excites me about the future. It was what I hoped we would have had with Chop before he ended up going back up there, going up to Penn State. Uh, so I'm excited about him, but it didn't end there as they end up locking up one of his teammates as well as another four star in Dylan Gooden. Uh, it commits and signs on the dotted line with the Terps. Yeah, another big pickup. I mean, he was a commitment as, as already before him, but you know, like you said, pen to paper pen is to the paper. most important part of this whole step. Yep. So we, we got him in the fold. Uh, he was he was quoted out on Twitter as saying, um, you know, reunited in the big the Big Ten ain't, re- ain't ready. So uh, he's he's confident. Yep. I, don't, I think the Big Ten probably ready but i'm happy to have the talent we, we're gonna be able to build you something special around here i'm i'm, I'm hopeful yeah and it's the kid uh, if you recognize the last name gooden uh he is the son of legendary pitcher dwight gooden uh four time four-time all-star world series champion with the mets uh if you remember years ago uh daryl strawberry, strawberry his son uh dj strawberry played for the terps on the basketball squad so Former teammates. I don't know what that says about Maryland. Two guys that have quite the yeah, history. <laughs> but the either way, <laughs> either way, both of these guys are uber talented. Uh, both of their sons uber talented. So it's exciting to have Gooden and Avery, both teammates in high school, now going to be lining up uh, in Terps gear. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, so we got that, and we got a whole stable of wide receivers in the cabinet. God knows who will stick and who won't. There's a whole <laughs> list of everybody jumped up in the, in the middle there, um, and we got you know we have a whole room to replace unless Shishon yeah. Jones gives us some good news here shortly. Uh, there still's been a little bit of talk that, that that that's possible that he does make this return. I think a lot of it's going to be you know dependent on Talia's co- er, decision, and then his own performance in this bowl game. Now that he gets to be the only mouth to feed in this moment with any experience on the field. Yeah. I think a lot of decisions are going to ultimately come down to what is Leah's future with the Terps. So we'll talk a little bit about that later as well. Uh, another four star. It's going to be a lot of fan decisions as well. Yes. when it goes on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, another four star in the fold is athlete slash tight end, which is what he apparently is going to play here at Maryland. Rico Walker. Uh, this is a guy, like I said, he can play on both sides of the ball, uh, but with the opportunity now at tight end with a couple guys leaving, that seems to be the path of least resistance for early playing time for him. There's another exciting kid that uh, again, fills a void that we definitely needed. Yeah, huge void. I mean, already C.J. Dupree out for and uh, announced it was between Ohio State and Alabama. Announced today that it was Alabama. So Thank God, that's the better of two worlds. I didn't want to see him hurdle in a turp next season. Uh, you know, kind of remind me of Chop last year, where like I had originally lost him and it hurt, and I was losing my mind and I was over it, and I was convinced that he was going up to USC to play with Caleb Williams. And then he went to Penn State. It hurt all over again. So I was right. just kind of, you know, rehashing that that's what it was going to be. Is Ohio State, who started this bullshit by getting in his ear on the field, was going to pay it off by bringing him back next year against us. And luckily, that did not happen. Um, I only had to hurt once this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But losing a guy like Dupree, uh, losing a guy like Weston Wolf. Really, the only guys yeah, you got that left. would be a good spot. Yeah, I mean, even when we had Chig on the show, Chig said, "Listen, when he gets his time, he's going to surprise you. He's he's uh, he's a you know an explosive athlete. He's a lot of fun to watch. So uh, he's going to be going to USF down in South Florida. So 
He's gone. Um, that leaves us with Corey Deitches, and that leaves us with Leron Husbands uh, at tight end. Before and even Deitches has had rumors, so who right. knows? So that's yeah. So that's not even a guarantee at this point. Um, yeah. So getting a guy like Rico Walker again is a is a big get, uh, but there's still a couple of other big pieces out there. One that could also directly impact the tight end position, Nick Harbor. Uh, it's been kind of back and forth from what we've talked about with Ahmed, hot, cold, warm. I mean, he's been all kind of all over the place. As of recent, I mean, things have definitely been more positive with all the visits and everything that he had with the Terps. Uh, so I, I'm still holding out hope that we can get this kid. Again, I think just the the opportunity uh, for playing time right away as a freshman's got to be appealing to him and obviously being in his backyard. Yeah, especially if we do lose more pieces, he's definitely going to be in that starting lineup. I mean, he would be either way with that kind of talent. But, right. you know, Rico Walker came in. He's got offers from Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this is not – this is no schlack. This is a big boy, high-level person you're putting in that situation. He also had offers from North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky. So, you know – Second overall uh, in New York, North Carolina, I believe. Yeah. Second, second overall prospect. Yeah, it's a, a big get for locks, especially in our old ACC stomping grounds. And we, we've stayed hot. You know, we got our uh, wide receiver out of North Carolina last year was the big yep. get yep. Um, as well. So another another hotbed we're growing uh, as, as we lose very slowly our, our players from home. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess the other pieces that are still out there that would be the the icing on the cake, I think, for this class. If we can end up pulling the twins and Michael and Andrew Harris um, sounds like mom and dad are on board with the Terps. Sounds like I think it and was one twin and one twin, <laughs> uh, which makes this a, a sticky situation. Uh, I think Arkansas is the other team that's still in play here, but nobody has visited Arkansas. The parents haven't visited Arkansas. Uh, and again, they're still sold on Maryland. So I'm still holding out here uh, hope here. Uh, it didn't seem like there was a rush to make a decision. So it could just be a ploy to see how much more in money comes in NIL deals, opportunities, that kind of thing. Yeah, I it worries me a bit that we've gone to February. Um, I'm much more familiar with Fayetteville than many schools around here. My wife is from Bentonville, which right. is where the actual airport is. That's called Fayetteville Airlines. They just put the name Fayetteville on this so that they pretend their school has an airport. They don't. It's definitely <laughs> not the same town. It's definitely a long ride. Um, outside of Bentonville being the home of Walmart, uh, which is like just money in the middle of nowhere, nothingness. Um, there's not a lot to love. So hopefully these are city boys that love Florida a lot. <laughs> but my worry is that NIL has made paying players legal. Arkansas has never really been a big factor, even though they're in the SEC, even though they have those funds around in the old school greatness, because you need to be sketchy to pay players. You couldn't have a bad PR come back on somebody like a board member at Walmart or Jerry Jones who went to university of Arkansas and played football, right. huge freaking pockets we're talking about. But now that it's legal and it's not the car salesman, and the oil guys that couldn't give two fucks if they get caught with, you know, a bag of money given to a high schooler for a PR example, these are board members. If Arkansas can actually dig into these pockets, it's some of the deepest pockets in the country. Like, I mean, I get, you know, you got your L.A.'s and all your Miami's got money and all, but 
When you're talking of the wealthiest individuals on the planet, when you have all the Walton children and Jerry Jones at the same school, point. that's an awful large chunk of the top 25 guys. Yeah. An awful large chunk. Yeah. <laughs> and it would so be pocket be change to those guys. Monster. Nothing. Yeah. They just bought the, the Broncos last year like it was <laughs> right. on a whim. I mean, right. it went great. So maybe they'd be like, well, the Broncos suck. I need to make the college team better. Like, <laughs> I mean, who, who knows? I right. mean, so. I'd, it's it, it is a worry that that's who's involved more than anything else and it's also just a worry because of you know the way it is until ink to paper and these guys are from florida like you know they don't have any ties you know necessarily for this to be an emotional thing i love hearing that mom's still on board i love hearing the kids one of the kids still on board but you know that could also be exactly what they're telling arkansas yeah that i we mean have to listen one twin if it comes down <laughs> to money money being the determining factor yeah you're probably right i hadn't really thought that much outside the box on it that that we will get outbid by any of those guys down there at Arkansas. But what what I'm hearing if on the they positive, get involved, there's if no, they get involved, no, that's what I'm saying. There, yeah, there's there's nothing yet that proves these are who are the bad right. boys. But like but there. now, there's nothing stopping them. Right. Like before, they couldn't have a p- bad PR. Right. But now it's not bad PR; it's just business. Right. Like here's a Walmart commercial for eight billion dollars. Right. <laughs> like, that's that's and it looks great on paper. That's definitely true. But if money isn't the determining factor. The good thing is, again, the parents have relationships with the coaching staff here at Maryland, multiple coaching staff members here at Maryland. Yeah. They don't have a relationship with anybody at Arkansas right now. I think one of yeah. the players has been, or one of the twins has been in contact with one coach down there. But beyond that, they really don't have a whole lot of connections. They really don't have a whole lot of relationship. So I still like our, our chances there. Um, I know we all want them in the fold and we want them in the fold now, but just be patient with this one. Uh, yeah. I think over time, this, this could pay off for us. We'll see. I fell into the problem. They, they, I think they took the shining off early sign day for me because I was waiting. I kept yeah. being told it's going to happen. This just happened later until like Friday at midnight. And then when it just didn't happen, I was like, you know, I mean, the class is okay, but like, is it? But you know, looking back, I'm pretty happy with it. Like, no, I think the we class, had a pretty good class. Class again, but, right but now. In the, in the moment, they stole my celebration. Like, <laughs> I should have just celebrated when Neo Avery signed. Like, it was the end of the day. Like, woo, we got it. But right. like, I was told there was more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. There's, there's always more, right? There's always. You're never getting a hundred percent of the guys that you're involved well, with. That but never if we would have got those two, if we would have got those two, literally February would just been, is it Harbor or not? Right. Like, that's what you've yeah. been waiting for. That's it. Yeah, like, put all your in one is, basket <laughs> yeah it was be like we're just gonna talk about harbor for mm-hmm. freaking three months that's right. what we're gonna do exactly <laughs> but listen I, I think if you're a realistic fan being a fringe top 25 recruiting class year in and year out i think would be a a good goal i mean yeah occasionally you'd like to crack that top that top 25 and yeah. be a top 10 top 15 class i just don't think that's realistic not now maybe that's you know Five years or more down the road, we can get to that point. But I think at where we're at right now, a seven win team in the regular season to be a fringe top 25 class, I think is, is, is again, trending in the right direction, but it doesn't 20 to 30 gets the job done for a while. Right. Yeah. But again, it doesn't end there with just the incoming freshman class, right? Because obviously, like we've talked about at ends, the transfer portal has changed everything. And right now it looks like we have 13, 14 players that are leaving Maryland. Uh, But when you look at what's leaving versus what's coming in through the transfer portal and through this signing class, 
the guys that are going out were a lot of depth pieces for CJ Dupree. That was <laughs> the one key. The That's the one key, right? So that was, yeah. that was the Everybody dagger. Else, if we compare apples to apples. That, that was the dagger through the heart. But I want to say three or four of these guys, I think it's four of these guys are all following the pogey train out to Charlotte. Right. And so in my mind, they're downgrading. I mean, they're going from a, a, a you know, a, a big 10 yeah. power five team down to, uh, down to Charlotte to play there. And I think that's where a lot of these guys that are leaving, they're guys that just didn't have a whole lot of opportunity here. We're probably going to have to sit yet another year before they got opportunity. They want to play now. Uh, so they're going to these smaller schools. Dupree was the one upgrade. He was the one guy who's like, hey, I'm going to a perennial national championship team. I'm going to the blue of blue bloods. You know, I can't blame him on that. You hate it, but I can't blame him on yeah. that. You know, again, he's not a kid that, is from Maryland. So he didn't have the, the home rooted, you know, connection here. So yep, it is what it is with him. Uh, but, and again, his, his, his position coach just left, which seems to be the one position we are like, just bleeding is the guy you actually played for directly. Right. Failed. Right. So like, you know, you're not, you don't have that direct tie to disappoint someone. It's, it's the head coach after that. You know? Exactly. You, but here's the thing, right? So between, Guys that are leaving for NFL draft, guys that are leaving because they're seniors and they're graduating, guys that are leaving through the transfer portal, you have to replace that with guys coming in through the portal with guys that can make an impact right away. And when you start looking at the names, I mean, he's he's got six guys so far in the portal that are, that are committed and have signed with Maryland. Uh, that I think all six of these guys can make an impact right away next year and fill big voids and fill big holes. We talked last week or the last show uh, about the Cincinnati quarterback, Jaquan Shepard, who comes in. He fills an immediate need with the loss of Dante Banks, who is now going on to the NFL, right? Uh, that's a big hole and a, and, and a good guy. I mean, this is one of the top rated corners yeah. in that conference. It's a huge uh, grab. It's a huge grab. I think one of the more underrated grabs that uh, we got through the portal is St. Francis out of New York defensive lineman, Donnell Brown. This kid was all world in the conference that he played in as well. So that's, that's a huge get there guy that plugs and plugs the middle, but can also create pressure through the middle, which is a big need for this team. We talked about that earlier, getting pressure to the quarterback is going to be the next difference maker on this defense, which I think we talked about before this defense played a little bit above, way above, I think, our original expectations going into this year. The biggest way need above. was pressure, right? Getting getting to the quarterback. That was still the biggest need. And I think this kid can come in and make an immediate impact. it was impact. developing. Yeah, it was developing. Yeah, it was developing through the year. I mean, Barham was, was coming into his own by the end of the year. So as long as we don't have another departure that would crush my soul, that will be very helpful. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this guy is coming from, you know, very low level football, but the coaches seem ecstatic to get him. So exactly. I'm going to believe in the coaches. They've found some real diamonds in the rough and developed him over the years here. So the really after looking at these transfers in the only worry I have is offensive line. And we're still working on that and got a bunch of things in the fire. Yeah. So we end up getting a commitment uh, on a transfer from LSU offensive tackle, Marcus Doomerville. Uh, he's a guy who could come in and immediately fill the void uh, of not having um, Jalen Duncan. Jalen Duncan. God, I couldn't think of his name. Jalen Duncan. I wasn't sure if you meant the high school kid or, yeah. or, or our, our, our current loss. <laughs> Jalen Duncan and the void of losing uh, Ja'Kai Green, who Ja'Kai Green was also a piece that kind of rotated around on the offensive line at the tackle position who was going to Charlotte. 
Um, so again, a kid that already started in the SEC, he's got quite a few starts under his belt, could come in and make an immediate impact. There's still some talk around Baylor tackle Micah, as I think it's Miskua, Miskua. Uh, still up in the air on that one. There's some talks with Ethan White, a guard out of Florida. Uh, so there's still some coals in the fire as far as offensive line goes, because I'm right there with you. I think that's our biggest concern, our biggest need. Uh, but if we can yeah. get a couple of these other guys, I was great. worried about defensive backs. I was worried about offensive line. Um, defensive backs are pretty well set. I mean, you got the transfers in of multiple safeties and a big time cornerback. And I think we're keeping enough pieces that that will be a really good spot, especially with how well our young players played last year. I'm sure we'll find one or two more of the, of the guys that didn't quite get there this year that Loxley can develop in those positions because as we talked, he has a type. They are long, they are lean, and that is that is what he has been putting in this defensive backfield. So uh, if you got the, that many that are catching on, I think there's a few more there to develop as well. So the offensive line, because we are probably losing Jalen Duncan, even though I find no reason for him to go to the NFL, even though we are <laughs> losing Spencer Anderson, you know, most likely, though, again, he could probably come back and play uh you know i we we need some dudes and this yeah. is why these guys that are transferring in are a much bigger deal than missing out on big tree to south carolina because yes do we need to start hitting on the high school guys absolutely but right now especially we need if an immediate is coming impact. back we have to win again next year yep. and a freshman lineman in the big 10 doesn't usually play like Jalen Duncan did pretty well, but that's, that's it. Like yeah. that's the only example we have of that. Um, and you know, maybe that was detrimental to his development because I think it was his best season. Right. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting know. to see what they do with Delmar glaze as well. Does he move over to the left side? Does he stay on the right side now with Doomerville coming here? Uh, but again, like you said, with those with those pieces leaving, we definitely have some holes in depth. Um, so I, again, if we can add a couple of guys, I'd feel a lot better about it. Uh, and and the other big thing I'm be crossing my fingers on, man, yeah. after this bowl game, because we all know there's gonna be another list of people to to the portal. Right, is we need to keep Mason Lunsford right where he is. Y'all can have a what problem a with difference. Mason Lunsford's false starts. Y'all can have a problem with Mason Lunsford having a couple holds over the year, but the difference in the games that he didn't get to play and did play was night and day. Yeah, I spoke to him on the field after that uh, Rutgers game where we got to go down on the field and take the picture and just told him, man, like this is a completely different offensive line with you in the mix I, I hope you stick around to to make this fight right so i i hope he i hope he does i hope we we don't see his name anywhere near because mid-year there was some rumblings and then he got the injury and then he came back and really showboated so i hope that both the coaching staff and he now appreciate what his role is here and is more cemented than he felt last offseason in that role yeah and i think last year heading into the season that was one of the big things that we were most excited about was the continuity of the offensive line having these guys and we'll all have none <laughs> yeah and right now we're not gonna have any right so having him come back i think would be a very under under the radar move um in keeping him here so hopefully that happens um a couple other pieces we got coming in from the portal i'll just go over them real quick Another defensive lineman uh, out of Tennessee, Jordan Phillips. He was a guy who was rumored to the Terps, was it two years ago, uh, but ended up going with with Tennessee, now leaves Tennessee and comes to Maryland. So another guy that can make an immediate impact in the trenches on the defensive side of the ball. 
Safety was a position, as of, as we talked about earlier, uh, of need. We obviously got to Marcus Cooley, the NC State flip coming in, but he's not going to be ready, I don't think, as a freshman to play. So we get one of the better safeties in the country in Avante Williams out of Miami. That's exciting. This is a guy, again, that can come in and step in and play immediate minutes, especially losing a guy like Isaiah Hazel, who Isaiah Hazel, no, he wasn't a starter, but he was a, he was in a rotational piece, right? He was a guy who could play free or play strong. He lined up in many different roles, and I think this this kid can come in and fill that same void. Yeah, Isaiah Hazel was haunted by his rating. As much as we hate stars, we when you have four of them, we expect more. Right. <laughs> and so the man came in as a four-star athlete, a flip from WVU, and so was he a good player for us throughout the time he was here? Yep. But well, he was a four-star wide a receiver. That's the thing. He was a four-star okay. well, wide receiver coming in. Then he should have been a better wide receiver and not had to play <laughs> DB. Agreed. I mean, at, at some point when you're when you come with that four-star, we the four and five stars we expect these rating systems to not miss. You right. know, we know that there's going to be two stars that end up great, but we expect the four and fives to work, right? Especially at the college level, right? So you know, that's what he was haunted by because you know. Looking back, yes, he was a good contributor, but he wasn't the starter quality player that we thought we were getting. Right. The wide receiver room, which you kind of brushed on a little bit earlier, uh, we're going to be a little depleted, uh, especially from the starter standpoint, right? Obviously, you're losing three guys that have NFL dreams in rack, Copeland and Demas, all guys that are announced their commitment to that won't be playing in the bowl that are all uh, going into the NFL draft. The, the one still on the fence, the fourth guy in that rotation, Jay Sean Jones. Hopefully he sticks around. But beyond that, you got a lot of youth. You got a lot of guys that we'll probably see in this bowl game. You got Shalik Knotts. You got Leon Halton. Uh, and you got Ty Felton, who obviously got a little bit of run here and there. Um, we got a good slew of freshmen coming in this year. But a guy that I think can make an immediate impact comes through the portal, a kid out of FIU, wide receiver Tyrese Chambers. He could be that Jacob Copeland, a guy that could come in and make an immediate impact this year. Yeah, definitely a big grab. We would, we would get him in here and really solidify that that window of having, you know, Talia back with a whole stock of weapons. You still have the Schleek knots that way that we saw splashes from this year. We still have Ty Felton that showed his top level elite speed, but we do need to fill. It's not what and don't we forget Octavian Smith year. too. That's Octavian another one. Smith playing yep. great from the beginning of the year, especially on special teams, but his, his few opportunities on offense was also very good. Um, special teams genius. Yeah, <laughs> basically there. <laughs> right. Exactly. And not to mention there's still rumblings out there about WVU wide receiver Caden Prather uh it's I think his decision is all going to be based around which we talked about earlier with Leah's decision uh if Leah decides to stay I think Caden Prather from what I'm hearing is in the bag we'll see but again it all yep. just depends on Leah if Leah doesn't come back you can pretty much take Caden Prather off the board I think he comes in the bag with the NIL money that goes to Talia <laughs> right like if, if <laughs> Talia he's packed in with the money <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so overall, man, again, we're going to dive more in depth with this uh, over the over the next couple of weeks, over the next couple of months. I'm pretty happy with Ahmed that actually knows something. We're just talking about how excited we are as fans. Right. Like, Ahmed knows these guys like baby sisters and their moms and, <laughs> you know, 
what car they drive. I, I just know some stars and yeah. like some heights and weights and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for more information now and you're not already subscribed, make sure you go to subscribe to Inside the Black and Gold because Ahmed and team goes into in the complete depth in all of these guys. So if you're looking for more information, make sure you check that out. Uh, but let's yeah, talk. And, uh, Mason put in put out inside the bag that yep. broke down all these guys too. If you want to check that out, absolutely. So let's talk bowl game, man. Duke's Mayo Bowl Friday, December thirtieth, kicks off at twelve oh three. Weird time uh, on ESPN. Uh, the team already Fuck left. You, I'm going to sit down at twelve oh five. Yeah, it's, it's a <laughs> weird time for him to kick off, but whatever. Uh, team left for Charlotte on Monday. Uh, they're doing their whole experience down there. They were doing the motorway experience, I think, earlier today, which is kind of cool. They ride around the the NASCAR track in the in the NASCAR. Yeah, Charlotte Speedway. Yeah, Charlotte Speedway is kind of cool. Um, we're going to be down there, uh, you know, COVID if, we'll see <laughs> more than likely we're going to be heading down there. Uh, we Feel got a great friend. I'm going to do a hundred pushups to we'll prove it. We'll see what happens in the next 24 <laughs> hours. Uh, but it sounds like we're going to be down there. Uh, we got a couple club level seats as we'll be down there. Our, our, our plans are play some golf, watch some football, play some golf. See you later. <laughs> it's going to be pretty much our yeah. plans. <laughs> yeah. I know we, uh, I know we grabbed those, uh, meet and greet tickets for before the game. Yep. Um, they're having like, uh, 32 ounce beer card or something at this place slingshot which is like uh gaming like dave and buster's looking thing apparently yeah. um so it's a limited gaming uh breakfast sandwich and some beer so feel like and you know you can't really tailgate at these bowl games or at least i can't i'm not bringing all that stuff for that kind of drive and packing that many people into a car so i don't have an rv yet i don't have that lsu money <laughs> <laughs> right uh so i'm looking forward to it man it's gonna be a fun trip uh you know last year obviously we got a chance to do the the pinstripe bowl that was a lot of fun too so uh yeah i'm looking forward to just extending the the good times that we've had on all of these big 10 trips that we've made including the bowl games so it'll be fun. shout out to anthony Pecarello that helped me out i just went back to new york city with my family <laughs> and i was wandering around trying to find that amazing pizza that we had last year and couldn't quite come up with exactly where it was so i hit my boy up. Suprema, I, said, I know right? you said yep new york pizza suprema as i know you said we were right it was the best pizza in new york what is it and he hit me back immediately like new york pizza suprema can't miss, can't miss. <laughs> <He's> definitely, <laughs> there's definitely a lot of pizza on. in new york guys like yeah. and i when I got back i was like yep that's it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, man. But before we talk about the competition of this game, let's talk a little bit about who will actually be suiting up for the Terps. I know we've kind of alluded to some of it. Uh, last season, you know, is obviously the first bowl game in a while. Um, but we saw guys like Nick Cross, Chickaconquo, both play in the pinstripe bowl despite being locks for the NFL draft. That doesn't seem to be the case this year, as we talked about the wide receiver position. <laughs> totally different crew. Definitely different crew. All these seventh-round picks are just sitting it out this year. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but it is what it is. I mean, some of these guys, again, already— Personal choice, I guess. It's personal choice. <laughs> they already had their bowl game experience last year in the pinstripe bowl, so how meaningful is it for them? Uh, so, again, at the wide receiver position— all three of the big guys, Rakim Jarrett, Dante Demas, Jacob Copeland, all will not play. Uh, it does sound like they're going to have their security blanket at Sean Jones for the game. Uh, but again, this is a time for some of the young guys to shine. Last year, we saw Brian Cobbs. We saw Daryl Jones. A lot of guys that didn't get a whole lot of run during the regular season make big impacts uh, in the bowl game. So who's that going to be this year? You're going to see a lot of the young guys, Ty Felton, Octavian Smith, Shalik Knotts, get a lot of run where they did, you know, they played sparingly here and there throughout the year, but this is the time for them to shine. 
To be fair, we scored 84 touchdowns last year, so <laughs> it was a lot easier <laughs> to get a lot of people involved. No, right. I, I do. I, it, we will definitely see the new faces, and we will see you know an old face get fed. I I was I Agreed. think that Jay Sean Jones will eat. I mean, he's going to be pushing definitely over a hundred yard game. I think he might clips 150 i think i think that you know talia is a you know creature of habit and to have that safety blanket there a sure-handed aggressive wide receiver i think is going to get fed um the breakouts can definitely happen we can see shalik knots back in the home state of north carolina go off we can see ty felton with his speed show the acc that big 10 speed's different I mean, there's there are options, but I think that the the anger and uh, the familiarity of Jay Sean Jones is going to show out in this game um, and maybe spin his direction to be another late round draft pick. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Right. <laughs> I, I do want to play. Let's, let's do this right now. So we'll do another bet later okay. um, on the same thing. But early, what wide receiver gets drafted first in the NFL draft? We'll do a round of golf. That's the bet. All right. What wide receiver out of the three? Gets it's drafted the first, first drafted rack rack. I think because okay. he's, he's the total package. I mean, he can, so do I get field or do I have to pick now? <laughs> What's that? No, you have to Is pick rack versus the field no. or I have to pick. Now? You have to pick. Now. Right. Who's your guy? I would really like the field. That would have been, I would felt real <laughs> yeah, good of on course. the field. Of course. <laughs> I'll take Demas. I'll take really? just the, the I, upside. I mean, yeah, we've seen these injuries, the delayed, you know, comebacks and things like that. So just the upside of his body size and the fact that I do think Rack would have been a second round pick if he didn't drop every ball thrown to him this year after the Michigan game. He, I just, I, I don't know what happened. I swear to God, he was practicing catching NFL balls and forgot <laughs> the college balls smaller on Saturdays. I, <laughs> I think, just, I don't know. I think he's just. He he brings more of again the total package, um, and he doesn't have the the injury risk. Like I, I love Dante Demas, and if Dante Demas was a hundred percent healthy and didn't have the knee injury, and we were having this same discussion, I would have gone Dante Demas because again that kind that kind of size, that kind of speed, that kind of jump ability, all of that, the explosiveness, that's what's in question right now. We didn't get to see that during the season, and how yeah. healthy is he once the combine starts? Right? Does he? Yeah. Does he? How much does he show at the combine? Does you know? Does is he a little hindered? Can he not perform in certain things? Like it just depends. Yeah. Um, but rack from what we're seeing, like a lot of wide receivers uh, really being productive from the slot in the NFL. That's where he projects to be. I think honestly, regardless of the drop issues that he had this year, I still think he can be a late second to mid third. I think is where he'll end up being. I personally think. Okay, well then I'm wrong because if if he. The team is not going in those. I was thinking that all of our wide receivers and basically all of our players at this point are going to be fourth, fifth, sixth round draft picks. Nah, I still it's just not going right. And maybe that's me <laughs> overvaluing not. and overhyping. I still think he can be a late second to mid third is where I see him being. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but if I had to be a betting man, like you're asking me to do, that's where my money would go. All right. One round of golf. Team is first rack. If somebody else gets it, we push. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. <laughs> Uh, the tight end position, like we talked about, another one that was re- recently hit pretty hard with the portal. Dupree's gone. Wolf's gone. Corey Deitches, the Ron Husbands, I think they're going to be the two guys to shine, man. We don't really have a whole lot of other options there at tight end. Uh, so, yeah. Deitches is going to eat, or maybe we'll just have an extra tackle on the field. I am, kind of, <laughs> but I am kind of excited to see what husbands brings because we haven't seen it yet, right? We don't know yeah. what he what he brings to the table, so... 
again, th- these are going to be a surprise because we we looked at the spring game and we saw what we thought was the next one in line was Weston Wolf. Right. So like to see that this maybe there was a reason maybe in the middle of the season he was jumped by the newcomer, the young guy that, you know, he wasn't going to be the next one up. So right. hopefully that's right. Hopefully he was going to be riding the bench again next year. And this wasn't as big a loss as we thought it would be. Right. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be ideal. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, offensive line. There are there were the question marks whether Jalen Duncan, Spencer Anderson are going to end up playing. It sounds like they are going to be playing. Both traveled, so I don't know what they'd be doing otherwise. Right. So that's good, uh, especially for keeping Leah upright. Um, we do have some depth pieces behind them that I do think we'll see in rotation and get some minutes in Andre Roy and Max McCree. I think they'll get some work in this game, but just having Duncan and Anderson out there makes me feel good for Leah and makes me feel better for our chances in winning this game. Uh, cause that's crucial. Well, Lunsford's playing. We're good. <laughs> that's true too. Very true. Uh, behind the offensive line would be a young stable of running backs, couple of guys that really burst onto the scene in the pinstripe bowl last year and Roman Hemby and Antoine Littleton. That was kind of their come out party last year. Uh, obviously they're going to be a big factor in this game as well, but I think we'll see a lot more of Ramon Brown in this, in this game, because locks always talks about it. You know, that, that 2020, that this bowl game is really preparations for 2023 and Ramon Brown is going to have a much bigger role in 2023 with Shallon Famitao leaving it into the portal. Uh, Colby McDonald, I don't know what his role with the team's going to be, if he's even going to be with the team next year. Uh, so I, I factor. Yeah, I, I think Ramon. I Brown, would not blame that guy at all. I'm gl- I will be happy if I'm wrong and he sticks around because he showed that he was very good as a freshman. Yeah. But to see the rug ripped out from under you like that, where you were like the lead dog of your own class, and now you're third in that same class of players, nothing changed. No one was added. It just got leapfrogged. I wouldn't blame him at all if he joins the portal, but you know, I'm all, I'm happy to keep this whole stable, but like you said, this is about next year and it's about recruiting your own team at this point. Yeah. And Ramon Brown's going to get more work than probably even his fair share just to try to stop him from, from, jo- from jumping into the portal because 100%. he's, he's the big horse that you think maybe he will, because we do have two ahead of me. And you're trying to pitch the locks like you're next year's Hemby. Like right. You're going to be number one or two next year. Right. So we'll see. Secondary, uh, we'll start with corners. Dante Banks, he's off to prepare for the NFL draft, so he's not playing. Uh, Jayon Venerable, who was a guy that if he was going, if he was going to be a part of this team next year, I figured we'd see him a little bit in this game, but he's decided to enter the portal, so he's not going to be here. Jacorian Bennett, he was a guy that, we were kind of borderline whether or not he was going to play. He is going to play. He traveled with the team. He's there. Uh, so it leaves us with Bennett, still Corey Cooley, and Lionel Whitaker at cornerback. So I'm feeling pretty good about that squad. I would love to have Banks there, but I still feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I'd love for Banks to show off one more time. Um, I will addend my earlier statement. I do think he's the one that goes before the fourth round. I think that he is. he could end up being that late second, early third round pick. Yeah. Um, I mean, scouts are really high on super high on him. I mean, and yeah. they've been super so high on him for a while. My earlier fourth round is where we start looking at Terps. He's the one that's going to shock me. But our question was about wide receivers. Our questions didn't involve. No, corners. I know. But during <laughs> during that conversation, I said all yeah. of our Terps end up being the late round picks. So I just wanted to dent that statement. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Safety uh, starters: Dante Trader, both uh, Bo Braid, both good to play. They'll be there. 
Uh, again, no Shane Mosley, Isaiah Hazel, both of those guys are in the portal, so they'll be gone. Uh, so we don't have a whole lot of depth behind those two guys there. So that's a bit of a concern. Um, I guess one of the other question marks, speaking of NFL draft, was Chad Ryland going to be there kicking for the Terps? He will be. He traveled with the team. Obviously, he's another guy that's got NFL well, NFL uh dreams. I don't know if he's got NFL draft dreams because not very many kickers get drafted. So we'll see. But yeah, that, he's a top that two stock kicker. Needed, or, that uh streak needed to continue a little longer if he was gonna get drafted. I right. think exactly. Uh, but yeah, he could definitely get an invite to a couple camps. Um I, I told Ahmed and Fred earlier when we were talking, like the day that the kickers start sitting out bowl games because they are worried about injuries for the NFL is the day that Codrable is officially dead. Like right. cancel all the bowls. We don't need any of them. You got hit once in your whole career and you're worried it might happen again in the bowl game. Like calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, it's, it's just kind of shocking. It was a question, but I saw it out there was, is he going to be, you know, be there or not since he, you know, is going to the draft. So um, he will be kicking. Hopefully he gets a chance to hit a game winner or maybe just like 45 extra points. <laughs> right. Hopefully it's not that close. I mean, the odds makers right now have it as a one. We're now dogs. We're now dogs. One and a half point dogs at this point. Uh, so I mean, this could be a push. We'll see what happens uh, with this game, but they well, whales out there betting NC state, Maryland swinging this line here, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's a big Mark right. Cubans out here betting on this. <laughs> right. Uh, so NC state heading into this, man, they've lost their last three bowl games that they've been in. Um, the ACC has been on a losing end or the last three Mayo bowl appearances. So all of this is aligning well for the Terps. We're looking to go back to back, uh, in bowl games versus ACC opponents between last year over Virginia tech and this year versus NC state. Uh, we'll see, man. This is, um, this is a very good NC state team is a team that was highly ranked heading into the season. I think right now they're 23rd overall in the country. Um, and that's despite having four different quarterbacks play this year, they've still managed to win eight games this year, which is pretty impressive. Uh, their, their main starting quarterback guy started the year. Dean Leary ended up having a season ending pectoral injury. Uh, and now apparently he's going to be, he's out and he's transferring to Kentucky, uh, but that's partly because the replacements that he had come in both played very, very well uh, in his in his absence. And it sounds like both of them are healthy and they still haven't announced who's going to actually start this game. <laughs> yeah. And Leary set all the records pretty much for NC State and wanted a bag of money before he leaves college. Because, right. you know, it's, it's, why not? Um, but his replacement, two freshmen, MJ Morris and Ben Finley, 6'2", 192 and 6'3", 205. No announcement, like you said. Um, the the one guy, MJ Morris, is lucky that they have a basically home game for a bowl game here, yeah. playing in Charlotte because he hasn't played on the road yet. He played all his three games at home. I found that an, an interesting set. The other yeah. guy got thrown to the wolves on the on the road. I don't I don't know if that was a coach's preference type thing or just an injury issue, but huh. I did find it funny they split the home and road games. <laughs> gotcha. Interesting. All right. So tell me a little bit about this team outside of the quarterback position. What kind of op or what kind of threats do they present? Do they, I mean, do they have a good running back? What does their wide receiver core look like? Tell me a little bit about them. 
Yeah, so their um their leading running back for the Wolf Pack is from guess where? Maryland. You know, everywhere we go, we get haunted by our local recruits. So, you know, don't get mad at us. <laughs> surprise, USC, surprise. If we want to try to keep, you know, good football players. I'm sorry that your high high schools <laughs> don't have any good football players. So you all have to come here and we have to ha- play Blake Corum at Michigan and we have to play all these people all across the country. <laughs> Caleb Williams winning Heisman's like I don't we have really good high school football players here. Everybody mm-hmm. steals our shit. So anyway, um, he's from Waldorf, Maryland, and played his high school ball at Flint School in Oakton, Virginia. Um, so it's, it's you know some familiarity there. Yeah. Wide receiver two by yardage this year, Devin Carter, left for the portal. Uh, he caught 118 passes for 1,906 yards and 10 touchdowns in his five seasons. So they really kind of spread the ball out. Like, to, to have... Had that be over five years, and that's your wide receiver, too. It wasn't all that impressive. They basically are a defensive team. They had one of the best linebacker units in the country. Um, all of those are pretty much playing in this bowl game. Um, the only benefit for us is that they did lose some defensive linemen before this bowl game. So hopefully we okay. can get to those linebackers a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be crucial to this game for sure. Um, any Anything on the defensive side. So I know, I know you said that the – you know, they're pretty good on the defensive side. I mean, is there any stars on that side that we need to be worried about? Um, well, their starting nose tackle actually left for the NFL draft, so that helps us helps us out in that. And he's uh, not playing? A, he's not playing. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, Dordan was a four-star prospect in 2017 recruiting class out of Florida. Um, for the play for the Seminoles um, in 16 out of his 32 games. And in 21, he transferred to NC State. Um and he took it to the next level, winning first team, all ACC and third team honors. So um, he, he left them for the NFL drafts. So like I said, that should uh, open up some windows to get to those linebackers. All right, man. Well, I guess the, the piece that we haven't talked a lot about yet, I mean, we've, we've mentioned it a couple times, but Talia, um, obviously the, he's going to be playing in this game, but his future status with the team is still kind of up in the air, um, you know, and a lot of pieces, there's a lot of pe- moving pieces around it, whether if if he ends up coming back, this team could take shape and look really good heading into next year with some other pieces coming on board. What's your vibe? What's your feeling on Leah coming back in 2023? Do you think he comes back? Uh, what's kind of the, the hanging piece here for Leah? I'm 100% sure he will be in college next year. Yeah. I am terrified that Ahmed mentioned that that could also not be here if the NIL money is not right. Right. Um, it's kind of mind-blowing to me with the like clear and obvious relationship that Mike Loxley has with not only him, but his family and his brother, his mom, dad, and his brother. Um, and to see, you know, this this moment this year with one of the scariest moments in the kid's life, watching his ki- his brother on TV, you know, contorted from this head injury and going Who's through that, now that, in concussion protocol again, that's, again, yeah. Um, but so I understand you get your bag of money when you can get your bag of money, and like at one, you're one hit away from never having it. But um, I sure hope that Loxley's at least getting every opportunity to match said bag of money. Um, and so. Hopefully uh, it all works out and he's here. It feels kind of gross. The guy that set every record in Maryland school history could go play one more free agent year somewhere. And in my head, yes, is lot is Talia a very good quarterback? Sure. Um, but I thought that the people being poached like this 
to big name schools for big bags of money would be like top 10 in the country. He's like top 30, which is still great. We'd love to have a top 30 quarterback at college park, but I didn't know that that was even a possibility that some big wig would want to come because again, he does have his faults. He's not the prototypical big, he, big quarterback, but he is a great passer. But so I, I didn't, I didn't know the market was there. It's what you it's get. Been, it's what you get around Leah, right? And it's what you get around the name. It, yes, you're right. From a talent standpoint, he's a top thirty cornerback, a quarterback in the in the college football. But like we just talked about, all these moving pieces around Leah's decision around the Terps. I feel like that would be the appeal for another school is, yeah, he's a top 30 guy, but how much can we improve as a team by bringing him here? Which does that mean we get a guy like a Caden Prather who would follow him here or who would, you know, some of these other portal targets that would come here and instantly make your offense that much better. You talk about a, a team like, uh, like who was it? Iowa, Iowa, great defensive team, terrible offensive team. Again, you hate to see him go somewhere in this, in the conference, but if he went to Iowa Night and day, how much better that team would be overall because their quarterback. Play I don't believe was so Iowa bad. can score points. We're the only person they've ever scored points against. <laughs> but with Leah there, I'm pretty sure they can score some points, Ryan. That's my point. And their offense gets a lot better because again, pieces come with him. So it's the total package with Leah. But I'm right there with you, man. It's you know, this Feels is no gross. shot. This is no shot at Leah or anything like that. But I just don't think he has any pro projections. Um, if he does, it would be more of a, you know, as a undrafted free agent kind of guy. I don't see a, a team taking a chance on him through the draft outside of his name. He just hasn't shown enough arm talent, um, in college. I mean, he's got the numbers, he's got the stats, but the bar is really low at Maryland. So when you're looking at like what he's done and all the records that he's set, it's impressive, but it's not that impressive in the grand scheme. Yeah, of things. Our you great I mean? quarterbacks were back when they didn't throw the ball. Exactly. Like that exactly. Was, like, that's when we had great quarterbacks. Exactly. So <laughs> I, I, I think there's a lot of truth, especially when you're talking about the family aspect and what you're looking at, what Tua's is going through right now Tua's is in a position where he really has to make a life decision, whether he decides to put himself at risk and continue to play in the NFL or cash out on the deal that he's got right now, retire and try to have a better quality of life. Right. So that's put a lot of things I think in perspective for his entire families is Leah's Leah knows that he's not an idiot. He knows what his pro projects are like what they would be. So if he doesn't see a potential pro project, he needs to cash in when he can cash in. And if that means going and playing somewhere, even if he doesn't want to play there, but he's going to get paid more. I hate to say that it comes down to money, but it may because it sets him up for future. And technically wasn't he listed as a red shirt junior this year? Am I, am I making that up? I'm pretty sure he was listed. He as was a, a red. Yeah, he was a junior. Yeah. So next okay, year would be so a senior. He, yeah. But then he has a COVID year. So nah, I don't think he can. I think this was the last year you could use COVID years, right? Oh, I don't know. This, this is where we needed Ahmed. Ahmed? <laughs> Damn <Okay>. it, Ahmed. <laughs> I think, so I think my, that was the in thing. In my head, I thought it was just if you played that year, you could just count it at the end. So maybe I'm wrong. Um, but uh, okay. Well, who knows? <laughs> so much, much, even if it is, if it's NFL money, I looked at you know, the, the league minimum is $207,000. So to me, Maryland needs to go find $207,000 in NIL. That's 
That's how you make this decision. But again, more I wasn't thinking at all. I wasn't thinking at all that another college was involved. So therefore that number is might be bullshit. So I, it, it, it's just kind of scary. And, uh, guess we need some more bags. Um, but you know, we didn't have to pay CJ. CJ was already on some Under Armour commercials. So maybe that just lightened up some, uh, some room in Kevin Plank's pockets. We'll have to find out. Well, 2023, I think success all falls around Leah's decision. Uh, because I mean, when you look at other internal options, maybe we, have, we could also go like three running backs and just fucking just go you know, Navy style. <laughs> if they're just sitting on it, Ryan, I don't know if that's a good option. We'll see. We, don't have, we have very good backs, but they're complimentary backs. backs. So we'll see. Uh, you know, again, I, this is again, not a shot at Billy Edwards, but I just, I haven't been overly impressed with what he's been able to do through the air yet. Yes, he's got some mobility and he's been able to make some plays, extend plays with his legs. I just haven't been overly impressed through the air. He's tough and he looks the part. So give him a year and I'm, I think he could be good. But yeah, I'm going to be real. Another year is what I'm saying. At this point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We, he another needs an, okay. he, he's another year behind Leah is what I'm saying. So uh, I don't so think he's ready. Champ Long and Edwards competition in 2024. 2024 yeah and you got to throw cam edge in there as well because cam edge is another one that's highly rated too so those are the internal options right now going into 2023 would be billy edwards and cam edge we don't know what we have in cam edge we haven't and seen then we got it a saint francis quarterback that comes in and replaces them all <laughs> the, the five star that could be <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, could be we'll see um, i doubt it but you know it's a disgrace if we don't get the best quarterback in the that country. Fucking kid ends up going to Charlotte and following Pogi. I'm going to be so pissed off. <laughs> There's not uh, a bag big enough in the world, is there? I, I mean, don't know, man. A McDonald's bag got real that big. one kid last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. So, what do you think of this game with this 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 Mayo Bowl? Uh, do you think Terps can pull it off? Do you think Locks ends up taking the Mayo bath? I think we do. Um, yes, we lost some things on our on our defense, but I we do have young players to replace most of it. I'm a little worried with our cornerbacks, but I'm just not impressed by their passing game at all. Um, I don't think they have the offense to keep up. Um, I do think that Talia's going to have to play a decent game and protect the ball, um, but if you can do that and have efficient passing, uh, you know, just Sean Jones possession types, catch the ball for 10 to 15 yards and fall down. That's going to be enough to open up the running back, the, the running lanes for your running backs. So if we can have any amount of medium depth threat in the passing game, I think we can win. I'm, I'm right there with you. I do think the odds makers have it right. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think we have we both the weapons. have great kickers, so that's we have no true. advantage. That's they true. Have first team all conference kicker, yeah. our first team all American kicker at NC State, um, Christopher Dunn. Yeah. So no advantage to us in the kicking game, unlike <laughs> most of the games this year. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's going to be close. Um, I like you said, I, I do think we have the weapons to be able to do it, uh, especially on the ground through the air. It, it's. <sighs> It's rhythm, it's continuity, it's it's that's my only it's my only question is how much practice have these guys put in working with Leah and working with the ones and do we see that translate in this game? Uh, I think Jay Shaw Jones could end up having ten catches in this game. It could be that where he just uses him as a, as a security blanket and he he's the familiarity, he's the one piece that he knows, right? Um, Don't forget Corey Deitches was the leading receiver, yeah, right? That's true. That is true. 
<laughs> He's uh, still there. Yeah. So, I mean, but I'm excited about the potential with the, with the youth that we have, right? I've been wanting to see Shalik Knotts because he was the highly rated wide receiver that we got coming in. going home. Year. Right. Again, like you said, he's going home. So I think it's a time for him to shine. Matter of fact, he could end up being the breakout star in this game. If I had to pick one that wasn't the obvious, it's not Jay Sean Jones. It's not Corey Deitches. If I'm going to pick somebody outside of the box, I think Shalik Knotts can be that, that Jones of last year. Well, he had electric speed the few times we saw him get loose. Mm -hmm. Um, He had some diving attempts on those balls that just didn't quite end up going his way. Uh, With all these wide receivers stepping out of the way, I would imagine that that Talia has had a lot of time to work with him and Ty and some of these faster receivers. And what we saw this year with Talia's deep ball is that he was out throwing receivers. It was not the same speed that Demas had last year. He was throwing to everybody as if it was Demas in 2021. Right. And so uh, hopefully with a little bit of work with these guys that do have that kind of speed, uh, we can really see that reconnect. And if we do, it could get real messy real fast, and I can celebrate on the ACC's grave once more. <laughs> All right, man. Well, what's your prediction for Mayo Bowl MVP? You already got the Terps winning it. You think they can win it. Who do you see being the MVP in this game? Old faithful, Jay Sean Jones. Jay Sean. I think that, you know, we've uh, we've had a love-hate relationship with Jay Sean over the years. And uh, if this is the last game, I think it's going to be a very strong love. Um, I hope we see him another season, but I think that uh, – Jay Sean will make us forget all the 15-yard penalties with this one last performance. <laughs> I mean, the obvious choice here would be Leah as the MVP of the game. Um, you know, if he has a 300-yard game, a three-touchdown game, he's the obvious choice. But I'm going to go on the ground, and I'm going to go with the the kid that we haven't seen a whole lot from yet. We're going to say Ramon Brown because I think he is going to get the lion's share of carries in this game because, again, you want to know what you have in him, and you want to give him – all the opportunity, like you said, to keep him around, to keep that J.K. Dobbins frame. (laughs) He does, man. He, again, in high school, he looked like an NFL prospect. He's just built. He's, he's, he's got everything to be the part. I just want to see how it translates on the field. And maybe if he gets 10 to 15 carries that we see him break a hundred yards, we see him get some, we haven't really seen him out in space yet. We haven't really seen him break that run, you know, but again, it's just unlimited carries. So, I'm going to go with the long shot. I'm going to go with Ramon Brown as being the MVP in this game. All right. Yeah, I would definitely think that he would be a breakout star. Just one with a little bit safer bet there yeah. on Sean Jones. <laughs> I'm going with the high odds. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Let's talk a little basketball. Um, things were... Not much. Yeah, things were pretty disappointing uh, for our first or second trip uh, down to Xfinity Center, we go to watch the UCLA game. Beyond just disappointing, it was embarrassing. I mean, we got ran out of that gym. I've never wanted to leave a Terps game early, and I had thoughts of it at halftime. I mean, it was just everything that could possibly go wrong went wrong in that game. Nobody could hit a shot. Uh, they turning the ball over left and right. They just looked out I mean outmanned outsized dominated in every which way it it was a really bad showing hey the first 5 minutes was great it was 0-0 zero, zero for longer than any game i've ever seen in the history of time <laughs> it was it was <laughs> both teams couldn't hit a shot for 5 minutes then they figured out how to fucking shoot the lights out and we never figured it out yeah. not at all never never learned to shoot a layup a throw martinez was the only one that looked like he knew how to play basketball on the whole court um 
Unfortunately, uh, Big Tree Babalade was there with uh, Nicholas Harbor and all the big wigs were there. What um, a night and day so, difference in games between Illinois and UCLA with Harbor there. You know what yep. I mean? Illinois was just like so exciting and just like a whole new atmosphere. And we were silly enough to invite him back one more time. Thought we could show <laughs> off again. Yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, he was still get to rub bubbles with the big wigs and feel important, but I'm sure that you know, if he's if they're superstitious, either one of them, then it could have hurt their, you know, hurt their opinion of Maryland in that moment. Yeah, I mean, it was a tough stretch for the Terps. You know, I'm not trying to throw them under the rug or anything like that. I mean, they they played a lot of games against a very daunting schedule there for for about two weeks. Um, and I mean, let's, they held their own uh, in pretty much yeah. every one of those games outside of UCLA. They very easily could have won Wisconsin and Tennessee. Yeah. They probably should have won Tennessee, honestly, even as bad as they played the first half. Right. It was one of the best halves of basketball I've ever seen in the second half. So, right. Exactly. Um, it, it could have been a lot better. Could have, would have, should have, you know. But this is a team we did not have expectations for. Right. They just built them yeah. that Illinois game. Yep. They set up their expectations. So they're pretending to be the football team. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're going to win those first five or six games and fall on their face and make us all sad. Like they get the switch roles for us. Right. <laughs> exactly. But they did have eight days of rest. Then they had the, the layup against St. Peter's, which was a much needed opponent. I think for multiple reasons, uh, St. Peter's was a team that made a run last year in the tournament. Like they were the Cinderella team. If you remember, this was not the same St. Peter's team by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, they were gutted by the, by the transfer portal because of that. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Julian Reese, who was out, which we've already talked about how this team just struggles uh, down low with the lack of size and with the lack of physicality. And then you don't have Julian Reese. You're thinking, Christ, this could be a, a bad game too. But I'll be honest with you. You know, you, you got um, a few guys. Emilion came in, played crucial minutes, stepped up and played really, really good defense. He was good on the boards because uh, considering, again, he's an undersized five to be out there. I thought he played a really good game. But I think what was good to see in this game was I think you had 10 players play 10 plus minutes in this game. Um, you had guys get back on this, on the right side of things, shooting the ball. Uh, you, you know, you had uh, Dante Scott struggled in the first half. He had a couple of made threes in the second half back to back, which made me feel better about where he is, but threes are not where he should be living. I hate the fact that that's where he's living right now. Uh, but to see Hakeem Hart bounce back, to see Jameer, uh, Jameer Young bounce back, who Jameer Young, what I really like about him is you can see how serious he takes this because after such a shitty performance against UCLA, he stayed for hours after that game out on the floor, just shooting ball after ball after ball, trying to work on his flow and try to work on his rhythm and his shot and getting it back. Uh, and you see and that there was something wrong because he was missing them while not he guarded was. too. He, he like was. He was so angry that he could not hit a three pointer. Right. Exactly. But that all turned around. He seemed to got it figured out. He played really well in that St. Peter's game. Uh, so, again, I think this was a game that the team needed. They needed it for confidence to build themselves back up. Uh, obviously Reese is dealing with a shoulder injury, so he needed the night off to kind of, you know, just give that a little bit more time. And it was good to see them get the win in such a dominating fashion that they did. Yeah. That's when we should have left the building. We ended up making it like the halfway to maybe three quarters way through the second half. But, uh, when we, the, the second half came out and Reese has got a bag of 20 pound bag of ice strapped <laughs> to his shoulder, we should have realized it was not getting better from right. there on out. 
Uh, but yeah, he's continued to sit <laughs> for the next game. <laughs> right. Uh, they got UMBC coming up on the 29th, uh, 7 p.m. tip off right before the Dukes may or right after uh, the Dukes Mayo Bowl. Uh, then they open Big Ten play at Michigan to start the new year. Hunter Dickinson and Temper Tantrum Howard, always crowd favorites. These are guys that, you know, did you see Howard was back in this shit again uh, with some other fucking team the other day? He was chirping at the refs and chirping at players. Yeah, I mean, he's been a problem since the beginning. I don't know what it's going to take, but I do know he's losing now. So maybe like Michigan will just do the right thing since Big Ten won't do anything about anything. Um, I think Michigan's just going to be like, you know, we dealt with you being an asshole while winning. But if you're going to lose while being a dick, just get out. So I'm just hoping that 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 just ends this guy's career because nobody will do anything about him being just a temper tantrum waiting to happen versus every team in the country. Yeah. You know, once it's three people now, you're the problem. Right. You're the problem. Nobody else. It wasn't that Turgeon touched you. It wasn't that Mark Few touched you. It wasn't nobody. Nobody did anything wrong but you. Yeah. Because you're a a crybaby that's really mad you're not still in the NBA at 80. (laughs) <laughs> and somehow wants to be relevant. So we're going to pick fights at college basketball games. He did have a long NBA career. He's, he hung around yeah, on the well, benches. It's for over a long now. Time. Like, I know. Let it go. He just looks like he's got that Jordan thing where, like, Jordan still wants to get on the feet court. Like, he can't, like, enjoy a basketball game. He just wants to be like, I'm still better than all these people out here. Like, you know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. All right. You were great, but, like, it's over now. Like, let the boys play. You right. don't need to be so hyped into this. Exactly. I don't, I I don't know. It's just, it's just different. He, he has not checked out of player mode. He is not in coach mode. Right. He may be a decent coach, but as far as in game, he is still taking the the highs and lows like a player does he is in the throes of the moment right. and not in control yep well that's it man appreciate you guys tuning in uh hopefully for those that are making the trip down to charlotte for the bowl game let us know hit us up maybe we can meet up uh, at some point maybe we go to uh i know there was a an after party or after uh meeting yeah so we're doing the before that. thing at um at the uh, slingshot yeah. uh, that was a ticketed event and then there is a meet and greet for that game you're talking about the umbc game is actually the night before at 7 p.m oh, so okay. it's the night, night that before. we get down there um so there's a bar it's advertising all the maryland sites they're doing like a maryland meetup so we'll probably end up there at some point throughout the night as well as all our golf outings so if you're yeah. looking to join up maybe there's still a spot in the foursome yeah <laughs> we'll see all right well, ryan sign us off All right, guys. Well, I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to take my Tamiflu, do some push-ups, make sure we get the rest of this COVID out of the system. Be good to go. Pack up this van and get ourselves down to a bowl game for another ACC domination. So let's go. Until next time, here's to wishing all is well under the shell.